Hunters, and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 12. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual is Jackpot Joel Marshall. No Daniel this week, but uh, plenty of top horses, Joel, with most interest centering around 1,400 metre wait for age contests in both Melbourne and Sydney. The Melbourne, of course, is the Group 1 CFO Stakes, first Group 1 of 2022. And in Sydney, we have got the reigning Cups double heroine. Very elegant, resuming in the Apollo. Yeah, really a good weekend of racing, Barks. Uh, good to join you again. Yeah, look, it's a tough meeting at Caulfield. Um, I think we were discussing this earlier in the week. Some small, smallish fields, which you'd think would be easier to decipher, but tonight I found Caulfield meeting very hard, in particular the CF4 stakes. Um, it's a tricky speed map to work out, which makes the race quite tricky to read. Um, so, look, I, yeah, I think there's plenty of chances there. And, and in Sydney, the Apollo Stakes, probably not as as hard a race to decipher, certainly not in my opinion, and, and perhaps not as many winning chances. We get to see uh, the boom horse, Espiona. Just uh, everyone wants to be tipping her. She's $1.50 in the Lightfinger Stakes. It's a pretty good field with some smart fillies going around. But, um, yeah, if the uh, hype is right, then she'll probably win. All righty, well, we'll uh, better get stuck straight into it because there's plenty of black type to get through in both Melbourne and Sydney. We'll start in Melbourne at Caulfield where uh, fields are small, but uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be uh, there's going to be too many short-priced or easy winners there on Saturday. Most of these races, uh, the majority of the field would have winning claims, I would suggest, and we'll, the black type starts in race two. It's the Highland Race Colours Autumn Stakes. 1,400-metre, Group 2, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds. Yeah, I have, uh, well, typical of how hard today it is, I've left the well-backed favourite out of my numbers here. Decent rain, I think, went up 460 and is now around 340. But uh, I've left her out. I've gone with three sharp response, who was very good first up at Flemington and then went to the Valley and just sort of got run off his legs there. There was a couple out in front. Of course, that was the day where the track was on fire. They were running quick times and... And he should have got left behind a bit, but he did finish off quite well for third. I think the step up to 1,400 is certainly a plus. I'm a big fan of Spirit of Gaylards. Not sure whether 1,400 at Caulfield first up. Um, he can win, but he's going to be finishing off very strongly. He's a promising colt that will just get better as the distances get longer. One coast watch certainly brings some strong form lines. At third in the Golden Rose to win the Congo and... An animo, well, that's um, you know that's top form. He's going to get a lovely run from that gate, so he's certainly a winning chance. And I threw number four pre to turn in, who did a pretty good job in that first prep. Runner up on debut at Sandown, his effort for midfield in the Caulfield Guineas was full of merit. Then may just have come to the end of it when you know starting six dollars fifty, second favourite behind Fangirl, and uh, just being a bit disappointing there in the Carbine Club. Keen to see how he comes back for his second prep. Three on top, though, from two, one, and four. Uh, Coast watch for me. I just thought uh, on the on his rating, uh, is best suited under these set weights and penalties conditions, if ready, to be decent rain, spirit of Gaylard, and lucky decision I threw in for fourth, one, seven, two, and five. Race three at Caulfield on Saturday is the Ned's Blue Diamond Prelude for Colts and Geldings. And I won't uh, go on about it, but this is a group three, whereas the Phillies one's a group two. Work that out if you can. Uh, this is over 1,100 metres, 100 metres short of the Blue Diamond distance. 
and it is at set weights, Joel. Yeah, number eight, River Ribble for me, $26. Um, a bit surprised that he's that bigger price, but I thought he ran really well on debut. There was money for him there at Pakenham, as there was for another of the debutants. He hit the front after sitting outside the lead and then just got the wobbles a bit. Mark Zara had to change whip hands. I uh, like the way he kept finding, but he got nailed on the line by Merchant Prince, who had race experience. He'd been to Caulfield for his debut and had met with plenty of support and obviously took benefit from that run. But uh, I thought River Ribble was good, and I thought he could take benefit from the run with the blinkers on. So $26, happy to play him each way from five. Jack Wino didn't um, run electric time winning on debut at Caulfield, but visually was impressive. Came from the back, he drew the outside gate, rounded them up and, and was strong on the line. So a bit different. Barrier one, he'll have a bit of traffic to contend with on Saturday. But certainly, you know, I think he's a deserved favourite. Six lofty strike. Very well-bred Colt out of the slipper winner overreach. And he lived up to that pedigree winning on debut at Flemington. Uh, really wanted to win there. Hands and heels. I thought it was a good effort. And four, counting the headlights. Expensive Colt that set outside the lead and found plenty when he was asked to there at the Valley on debut. Eight on top for me from five, six and four. Uh, lofty strike, count the headlights, and Jack and O, two, six, four, and five. The Phillies uh, group two version, although still worth the same amount of prize money, 300000 uh, is race four, and that's the Ned's Blue Diamond Prelude. Otherwise, it is the same conditions. Joel? Uh, down towards the bottom for me, number 15, Sayuru. We saw the team Hawks and Jai McNeil combination produce the debut winner last week, Sevenak, and I think they can do it again here. She's a talented filly. She'd won a trial uh, back in the spring, and she was uh, entered for a race. I think it was the race at Mini Valley that the Hawks team also won. Um, but they didn't uh, progress to the races with her, gave her a bit of time. Uh, she's come back. She's won another jump out. I think she'll go really well on debut. Uh, in for second, number three, Letizia. Uh, sorry, in for second number nine, Sumatra, I've got, who is, I think, over the odds. She comes through the race at the valley uh, behind Count the Headlights. She just didn't quicken and wobbled a bit around the turn, but really liked her last 100 metres. A damn earthquake won the Blue Diamond. So, look, I think they'll probably ride her quiet from the barrier, and she will be finishing off very strongly. In for third number three, Letizia, who was very good in the preview. She drew wide, had to keep pressing forward to get outside the lead, and she just didn't give up the task. I thought it was a, a tough effort there behind Miss, Rosa, uh, Miss Rosiano, who I've got in for fourth. I had to like that win. It was a sustained speed, ran quicker than the boys on the day, and she can certainly be there, up there, and, and tough to run down again. But I've got 15 on top from 9, 3, and 1. Yeah, I've got number two, Mallory, on top here in the Kevin Hayes Stakes. She's already come out from the race in Sydney. 
Um, she's making her way down to Melbourne. Look, she's only won the one race, but competitive with uh, some of the top fillies around. Certainly back in the spring there, she had no luck first up in the Silver Shadow. Uh, if she gets clear galloping room, she would have gone close. Then she backed that up with a third in the Furious to Jamea and a second in the T-Rose to four moves ahead. This is a pretty competitive race, but I think they're the right form lines. And at 7, 750, I think she's a good bet. Six, Scorched Earth is the favourite. And I think she'll run really well. I've always had a bit of time for her. She's run well at stakes level. This time in, they've just taken her along quietly. She's beaten older rivals both times. The latest win at Caulfield was very strong. She gets a lovely run here from gate three and back to her own age and sex looks well-placed. One arcaded. We only saw her once in the spring and she was a bit plain there in the Cosette stakes. So jury out a little bit, but her two-year-old form was good. And 10 Argentia. She's a real talent. She won on debut at Flemington, had excuses at Mooney Valley in her one run in the spring. Keen to see how she returns. But two on top for me from 6-1 and 10. Uh, yeah, I'm with Scorched Earth to beat Heresy, Madame de Gast and Asphora, 6-4-15 and 9. First leg of the quaddy at Caulfield on Saturday is race 6, Kino TS Carline Cup. 1,600 metres, only eight in it, Joel, but uh, I would have thought a wide open affair. Yeah, a lot of question marks here. We've got two horses having their first runs in Australia with some pretty decent form lines in Earlswood and Normandy Bridge. We've got the comeback galloper Surprise Baby. We saw once in the spring off a 12-month break and he's here off a, a bit of a freshen. Uh, we've got Open Minded, who has been once to the mile and failed. He's in flying form, though, and then you've got a, a few others resuming. So... It is a, a real raffle, I thought. But I've gone with eight Normandy Bridge. The market hasn't missed him. A very well found, this four-year-old French-bred galloper who was Group 1 placed as a two-year-old in France. <clears throat> Excuse me, his recent jump-outs were good. Um, look, yeah, just taking a bit on spec here and just, just the fact that the market really likes him. So I've gone his way from three Yonkers. Well, he was a surprise winner first up last prep, over 1,500 when he won the Shannon. But it was a good effort. He came from last. He beat some talented horses. His next couple were just fair. And then he came down here around second with a big weight in the Ballarat Cup. He's three from four around Caulfield. I think that's a vital stat. That says he can be very competitive. Five, Earlswood. The other import uh, making his local debut. Fourth in the Irish Derby. So he's certainly got a touch of class. And I'll throw open-minded in because he'll be up front making his own luck. He's hard fit. And I think if he's ever going to run a mile, it'll be in a race like this. Eight on top, though, from three, five, and six. Big heart and that great form that he's going well in the I would not be surprised. I think it's got to be a fair The first leg of the quarter, seven, four, one, and three. For me, race seven is the McCafe Rubiton Stakes, eleven hundred meters. Set weights and penalties, Group 2, Joel. Yeah, another tricky race. Um, you could come up with any of these, really, as a top selection. It is wide open. Quite a few three-year-olds taking on the older horses, so that makes it even more interesting. I've gone with seven, Mr Mozart, who I guess was found wanting a little bit early in his spring campaign, and then he hit form after that. He got to 1,401 and then finished second in the Stutt Stakes. But... He didn't really have all favours the way the race was run in the vein stakes first up that prep. And I'm just hoping 
the race pans out a little better for him here. Stable going well, rider going well, and he'll be a decent price. So I've lent his way without a great deal of confidence from four ingratiating who did win that vein stakes in the spring. He didn't win again after that, but he was group one placed in the Manicato behind Yonka. Uh, two Artorius. We all know he's a real talent. Blue Diamond winner. Uh, didn't win in the spring, but ran some cracking races. Placed in the Caulfield Guineas, the Coolmore, fourth in the Golden Rose. So he's top class. Just his racing pattern means he's going to probably lose more often than he wins. And one Oxley Road. Well, he's going to be up front uh, taking some catching. He's got the 59 kilos, but he's proved around here at, at Caulfield. Two from three at the track. He'll certainly be giving them plenty to chase. Seven on top for me from four, two and one. My tips for the Rubiton are ingratiating to beat Maliva, Oxley Road and Artorius. And that is four to beat three, one and two. The big one at Caulfield on Saturday is race eight. And that is the Neds CF4 stakes. 1,400 metres, standard weight for age. Group one, 750,000 Joel. Yeah, as we touched on earlier, very tough race to sort out. I've gone with two Cascadian. I think he's going well. I really liked his recent trial. Uh, he's had four goes at Caulfield, hasn't run a place. I guess that's the trick, but he's been very competitive and close up on several occasions. The map looks a bit tricky for him. He's going to need a few things to pan out. But uh, I think the Godolphin camp would want to have him up and going to show him off for the All-Star Mile, last chance saloon to sneak some votes in. So I'm going to go his way. I think he's over the odds at 19 and 480. I think you can certainly back him each way at those odds. Three behemoth. He ticks a lot of boxes. He can press forward from a tricky gate. They don't need to rush him. He's had the one run back from a spell. Beaten, but uh, not disgraced. Camel Pass is a talented sprinter with strong Melbourne form, and he tried really hard. He ran very good late sectionals there, Behemoth. I think he's the hardest to beat. 12 lightsaber, the three-year-old. Well, he probably maps to find the lead. Decent enough effort, I thought, uh, against the older horses at Wait for Age behind Marabi at the Valley. And in for fourth, I've thrown a bit of a bolter here, number five, Secret Blaze, who I was including him on my, in my numbers early last prep. He was coming off a long spell, and, and G ran some good races over the short trips. Couple at twelve hundred, including one in the Ori Star. He ran fifth, and then fifth behind Ayrton at Caulfield. He could run a cheeky race at uh, big odds and, and maybe sneak into fourth. But two on top for me from three, twelve, and five. Uh, behemoth for mine. Uh, nothing wrong with the first up run. Fourteen hundred meter Caulfield weight for age is his go to beat Cinnawan, Wild Planet, and. I'm thunderstruck. Who uh, certainly, if you listen to the noises from the stable. Uh, is not going to win this race, but uh, yes, it'll be interesting to see what <laughs> what will happen if he does. But uh, three, seven, four, and one for me. Race nine uh, is what we finish off with at Caulfield on Saturday. It is the Lamaros Hotel, Jeffrey Belmain Stakes, twelve hundred metres, set weights and penalties for mares at Group Three level. Job. Well, it certainly looks probably it was race to lose. She's above mare's grade. We've seen her win this race, uh, win the Cockrum in the spring. She's drawn well, four from five around Caulfield. So $1.95, I think, well, that's what odds she started in the Cockrum last prep. So quite takeable, and I think a few people will be loading up in some multis with her. She certainly looks the one to beat. Two Marbusha in for second. She's a talent, uh, quite honest. She was third last prep, first up to on Trivier, which is pretty good form. 
She'll get a soft run from the inside gate. Uh, in for third, number five, Rain Beal. She'll press forward and give you a bit of a sight. Uh, good effort behind Marabi last time out. Just sort of left a bit of a sitting shot there for a couple of the closers to run over the top of her late. And for Karma Lass, the stablemate to Probabil. Not in her class, but she's on the up. She's only had the eight starts, and we saw her win a listed race against the boys last prep, second up. So, look, she's probably going to improve with the run, but uh, she might be able to find some minor money. One on top, though, from two, five, and four. Uh, yes, that might be the one. Uh, if you're having the field leg in the first leg, you might come home with the uh, anchor leg. Probabil made her the best for the day. Uh, but obviously not the only one who will have found her. Rainbeal, Marbusha, and Flying Mascot for the Miners for me. One, five, two, and three. As I mentioned, probably on my best surprise baby, race six, number seven, is my value bet. Joel's best was race five, number two, Mallory. Value bet, race eight, number two, Cascadian. Sydney Racing on Saturday is at Royal Randwick. And uh, it is a very tasty uh, selection of races indeed with the black type starting in race five, uh, race six, excuse me, and that is the Southern Cross Stakes, 1,200-metre Group 3 quality. Joel, would you like? You know, the John O'Shea stable has a strong hand here. They've got the top weight, lost and running, proven top-level sprinter with the 61 and the up-and-comer down the bottom, Quantico, with 53 and a half. So I've went his way, Quantico. He's won three from four since being gelded, run fast time in a couple of those wins, including his win down the straight at Flemington through Cup Week. Uh, they're talking perhaps about a new market start. So I think he'll be up and going and pretty well ready to rock and roll first up. He has come up favourites and the market's well and truly found him. One lost and running, you can expect him to just get better and improve as the prep goes on, as he did in the spring. And you know, when he gets to wait for age and set weights conditions, it's going to suit him a lot better, but his class will take him a long way. Two laws of indices. The import ran well at his local debut in the Golden Eagle. He was just never on the track. I think he was five and six wide the trip. Ran super for fifth. Uh, this is a little bit short of his best, even though he's won a couple at the trip. Um, I would have liked to have seen him draw a decent gate. Just the wide gate means he's probably more of a place chance for me. And six standout. He's a bit tricky to catch, but he had a good spring campaign. Didn't really finish off late there in the expressway. He missed a run early in the straight, got bumped around a bit, then didn't quite finish off. But the pattern was against him. And I just think with the uh, maybe an aggressive jockey on board, Nashville Willow, he can improve. 12 on top, though, from 1, 2 and 6. Race 7 at Randwick on Saturday is the TAB Lightfinger Stakes. 1,200 metres set weights for three-year-old fillies at Group 2 level. As you mentioned, Joel, the next big thing's here. Espiona, one of four Chris Waller weren't runners, and you think maybe a stable mate uh, might be better value here. Yeah, well, I've been a, a huge fan of Fangirl since day dot, and she really blossomed in that second campaign of hers. Excellent run first up at Gosford, went to Goulburn, won the maiden, and then graduated quickly to Stakes Company, winning the Reginald Allen and the Carbine Club. So there's no real, um, you know, no ceiling to her. There's plenty of upside. She's been trialling very well. And I thought at 7 or $8 from a good gate, she's worth a bet each way. I think she will improve as she gets over a bit further. But I'm going to lean her way from Espiona, who just created such an impression in those two wins in the spring. She won her maiden at $1.45 and then went to a listed race and started $1.35. So clearly it was expected that she is a bit of a star. And well, she looked at, she just put an absolute gap on her rivals and she's been trialling 
superbly. That third uh, recently to Nature Strip and Wild Ruler, Group 1 Sprinters, uh, suggests she's going to be very hard to beat. In for third, number 12, Zuzarella. She's coming off a nice all-the-way trial win. She won her first two around the valley at 1,200 in her first campaign. I think she's going to be quite competitive. And three, Jamea. Things just didn't pan out. It was always a bit of a task. First up, 1,400 on the Gold Coast. They tried going for inside runs. She didn't get them. Uh, she can be more dynamic back to 1,200, as she was last prep when she won the Furious second up. Uh, I think she's a winning chance. So, look, Espiona, $1.55. If she is the star she is, she probably wins. But I couldn't possibly take that price because there's some good fillies here. Even number one, four moves ahead. She'd be my next one in. She's $17, and uh, she's got some excellent form. So, very intriguing race. But I've got five on top from 8, 12, and 3. That was the first leg of the Quadrant Roundwick. The second leg is race eight, and it is the big one, the agency Apollo Stakes. 1,400-metre weight for age, group two level. Sees the return of Very Elegant. Returned, uh, I think this is the third year in a row, Very Elegant has run in the Apollo. She hasn't won it yet, although last year, coming back from her Caulfield Cup winning campaign, uh, she started $2.50 favourite, running third to Colette who uh, fronts up again this time, uh, very elegant. Well, not uh, she's among the favourites again here, but uh, coming back from a Melbourne Cup winning campaign, um, but is, uh, is not the favourite as we speak, and the favourite is your selection, Joel. Yeah, number one, think it over. He was terrific for connections last prep, a real winning machine. Uh, was sixth in the Wink Stakes, but beaten less than a length. He got in a bit of traffic and... Really finished off hard, and then he won four of his next five. Um, I reckon with Nashville Willer aboard first up here, they can be a bit more aggressive. I think he can land in the first three or four, unlike the Wink Stakes, where he was sort of in a, in a, bit, of the, a bit of the ruck there on the turn. And I think if he can land in that first three or four, he's going to be mighty hard to beat. I want to be saving on eight maximal, this uh, three-quarter brother to Frankel. He was very good in the Golden Eagle off a outside barrier when finishing sixth. I really liked his trials. He's drawn a soft gate, Hugh Bowman to ride. He's trialled him twice. So it's a good sign that he's sticking with him. I think he's got a good win in him this campaign. Nine, very elegant. She's only won once from seven first up. So she's vulnerable and she's coming off that two mile win in the Melbourne Cup, but she's all class and she's going to be very hard to beat from an inside draw doing no work. Of course, in that wink stakes first up last prep, she did do a fair bit of work. Uh, the wet track is the key to collect. She's very good. She's good on the dry, but she's even better on the wet. Now, it's sort of in the soft range as we speak. I think it's going to improve a little bit, but there is going to be given the ground, so that's going to give her a chance first up. One on top from 8, 9 and 10. And the last of the black type races is race 9 at Randwick on Saturday, third leg of the quaddy. Robrick Lodge, Triscay Stakes, 1,200-metre Group 3 quality for the Mayors. Yeah, number six, Wanderbar for me. I think that given the track's the key to her, she faced a, a very firm deck first up in the spring. She just didn't stretch out at all, but she bounced back from that with a good fourth in the hot Danish and then a second in the hunter behind Lost and Running. With the given the track expected, she'll get a good run from barrier four. She'll be settling midfield at best, I would think, so she's going to need a little bit to go her way, but I think at 13 or $14, she's a good play each way. Four, snap dancer, perfectly prepped for that race on the Gold Coast. She won well. She should hold that form. Drops a kilo on that. She'll be very hard to beat. Seven, it's me. One of the real interesting runners on the card. Four from four. She won the Kosciuszko back in 2020. So it's been a long time since we've seen her. 
but the fact that she's so well respected in the marketplace around four dollars she was backed as soon as the noms went up on monday and if she look if she blows out to eight or nine dollars you probably think she's going to improve with the run or she will improve anyway but if she holds her place around the four or five dollar mark uh in the market come jump time then i think you've just got to be with her she's going to be very hard to hold out and 14 promise of success another promising type not sure it's at 1200 that we're going to see her absolute best but she'll be very strong at the end of this six on top from four seven and 14. and race nine number six wonder bar was your value bet Ash Ramwick, your best we haven't covered yet, comes up in the last. Race 10, number five, Poetic Charmer. Yeah, well, this bloke hasn't won for 12 months since winning this same race uh, when James McDonald was aboard. He's been placed several times since. Now, I think he's going pretty well. The first up run was uh, eye-catching, went third behind Tycoonist. Tycoonist went to the Gold Coast, ran super. Uh, he had no luck at all next time out around Canterbury, did Poetic Charmer. And then he also went to the Gold Coast for the cup race over 1400 and things just didn't really pan out for him there blinkers back on barrier three you'll get a soft run he'll be strong late and in a, a race with plenty of chances i uh, found it hard to label a best for the day but i'm um, pretty keen that you'll uh, take plenty of beating all righty racing on the course proper at morfordville in adelaide on saturday and there is a black type race it is race seven formerly the birthday cup it is now the premier's plate uh, and that is over 2,037 metres. It's a listed uh, quality handicap. Uh, only eight left in it as we speak with des uh, designer chef and strategic Phil scratched. Daniel likes number six, be tempted to beat nine unique artists, one Hassel of War and eight Resurge. Uh, Joel, with Richo back this week, uh, your tips aren't in the paper. Have you had a look at Adelaide at all? Uh, I have had a bit of a look at Adelaide Barks. Um, unique artist I like in that race. Uh, I've always had a bit of time for her. She won at a good price at Flemington back in the winter months. Uh, she's come back this time in good order. Taken, hasn't taken her long to find winning form. She got straight to 2000 second up and she was a strong winner at Flemington and backed that up with a good effort at Caulfield. She's up in class a little bit, but uh, it's not a strong listed race by any means. And I think she can measure up. A couple of the others on the car that I like Got to stick with Collar Car in the first race, one number three. I liked him a couple of weeks ago when he was on debut off a good trial and he let down well to win. A little bit more depth to this, but I thought at $6, he was well worth a bet and uh, I'll make him my best for the meeting. And in the last uh, each way, race nine, number 12, Chill with TJ, who is first up from a spell, but she's pretty honest. She's drawn well. She gets in well at the weights after the claim. And uh, yeah, at around $12, she can run you a bit of a race. And Daniel's uh, specials at Morfordville. Uh, his value bet race three, number 14, Samerson or Sameson. And his value, his best is race four, number seven, Review. Jumbo um, is the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday. Uh, and no black type there, but. Fairly uh, chunky fields as usual. Daniel gets us started very early in the day with race one, number five, Magic Conqueror, as his best and his value race five, number 10, Confess. Any thoughts on Doombin, John? Uh, just one for me. Going to need a bit of luck from the gate, but race seven, number three, Enterprise Pom. I've tipped her a couple of times on this podcast. She ran super at massive odds, went fourth in the Furious Stakes behind Jamea. 
Uh, she's now with the Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted stable, and there probably isn't a more informed stable in the country. They are flying, and she has uh, been well found by the market, so I think she's ready to run a big race. She's just going to need a little bit of luck early from the gate. Alrighty, Ascot, as usual, the venue for Perth Racing on Saturday, and there are a couple of uh, stakes races on the program, races five and eight. Race five is the Challenge Stakes, and... Uh, the warm WA Derby favourite, Tricks of the Trade, number one, is expected to go on his winning way there. That is uh, race five, number one, Tricks of the Trade for BJ Ryan, our man in Perth. To be three, Let's Deal, six, Fine Romance, and two, Kimi Singh. BJ's best comes up in the other black type race at Perth, and that is race eight, the Cyril Flowers Stakes. Uh, and his best there is 11, Triple Missile to be one. Kissing all four cheeks, two Amasinus and three Hot Z. Uh, BJ's value best is race nine, number eight, Ginger Baker. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman Joel, they are racing at Tarapa and Rickerton. And we have a couple of group ones at Tarapa the Herbie Dyke Stakes, Wait for Age over 2000, and the Chosen One. Uh, off his fresh up group one win. A couple of weeks ago, he is a much shorter price to go back-to-back, -back, and I think he will. He's a talented galloper, and he seems to be back in really good order. Uh, the other group one, we see the two gun mares clash again on Trivier and Levante. On Trivier, had the advantage in the railway. Levante bounced back in the telegraph. She's much better going left-handed, which uh, she will be on Saturday. So I've lend her way again, uh, seven to beat the six. My best for Tarapa is in race four. Number 13, Leona Raw from the Baker Forsman Yard. Well-bred filly. She had trialled well. She went forward on debut. She was pressured by the eventual winner who had race day experience. They came right away. Gee, she wouldn't give it away, though. It was a gutsy effort. She meets some winners here. Uh, so, you know, she is eligible for a maiden, but I think she's going to reach a higher level. So I think she can be very hard to beat here. And my value is race six, which is a key lead up to the New Zealand Oaks, a group two race. We've got the Jamie Richards pair up the top coming off uh, strong victories. They're both going to be hard to beat. But I thought number six, Glory Bound, could upset the apple cart here. She was so impressive winning her maiden first up from a break and then went to Ellerslie. It was a five-horse field. It was a farcical tempo. They broke 33 for their last 600 over the mile. She just couldn't quicken, but she battled on really well. The step up in distance is really going to be to her advantage here. And the other card is at Rickerton. My best is race five, number eight, Dubai Lady. Has a bad barrier to contend with, but her two runs since coming to the South Island have been very good. She's finished runner-up on both occasions. She's close to breaking through, and I think she can if she gets a bit of luck. And my value bet, another newcomer to the South Island, race 10, number 11, career away. Mixed his form a little bit up north, but... The first up run had a bit of merit to it. Step up and distance certainly suits, and this isn't an overly strong field. All righty. That wraps up a big, big day of racing around Australasia on Saturday. There's also uh, the other highlight uh, in Australian racing this weekend is the Hobart Carnival, Derby Day Friday and uh, Hobart Cup Day Sunday. Uh, on Derby Day, race four is the Strut Stakes for the uh, three-year-old fillies heading for the Oaks. And Adam Williams, our man, as he likes number seven, Gigi Miss Peter. 
the two bundle of foam, Fire, Ash Mania and for Verbano. Uh, the big one is the Derby Race 6, Tasmanian Derby, 2,200 metres. The three-year-olds, of course, and Adam is with the Friedman Raider, Tanaka Sun, uh, or Tanaka Sun Race uh, 6, number 5, to beat. Uh, no surprises, number 6. The Nephew, number 3, for Patrick Payne, another Victorian, and another Victorian for fourth. Dodgy one, number seven. So that is five, six, three, and seven. Race seven at uh, Hobart on Friday is the Bow Mistress. Uh, that is for the fillies and mares over 1,200 metres at Group 3 level. Adam likes 12, Miss Tuppence, to beat three, Fluorescent Star. Five, Take the Sit, and six, Boom.com. Uh, Hobart Cup Day Sunday, and... The, we've got the Thomas Lions Stakes Race 7. And Adam likes 13. Day Rocher to beat 3. Just a Canter. 2. Mandela Effect and 9. Swoop Dog. I like 3. Just a Canter to beat 2. Mandela Effect. 13. Day Rocher and 4. More than Exceed. The Cup is Race 9. And uh, Adam is with the... Uh, we're both with the fairly uh, long, you know, double-figure priced... Runners here. Adam is with East Ender, which is uh, number three, the old uh, the old war horse from Tassie to beat four. Lord Belvedere, five White Hawk, and seven Glass Warrior. I am with another local, and that's ten full knots ahead for Siggy Carr to beat, uh, who is both training and riding, to beat uh, the Mitch Friedman trained Victorian Ho Ho Khan uh, in a twinkling, and. White Hawk, so my numbers 10, 1, 2, and 5. That takes care of a, a big, well, that's the end of the preview part of the podcast and brings us to our best $20 bet for the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. Well, my tactic of reverting to a fairly short-priced one early on the program in Melbourne worked a treat. In fact, I got uh, up with Worthily last week, but unfortunately, that wasn't enough to get a profit over get us a profit overall. But I'm going to stick to the same philosophy here, and I'm going. Caulfield, race two, number one, Coast Watch. John? Yeah, very difficult day, but I'm going to go Caulfield as well. At a bit of a price, race five, number two, Mallory. Uh, and Daniel has left us with his selection, and he's going to the Mooney Valley on Friday night, and it's going to be a fairly late night to uh, get on his lazy lobster because it's in the last uh, race eight, number three, delightful journey. Well, that wraps up the podcast for this week, listeners. Um, and leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online now for five bucks in the shop's first thing Friday for $5.50 with uh, form for your Friday night at the Valley or your usual form for Saturday, Sunday and fields, but just about everywhere else as well as plenty of great reading. So enjoy the weekend, back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.